The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. Father, let every ear be anointed to hear now and every heart receptive, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I want my wife to come and join me up here, please. Sweet, I'll bring your mic. You know, last Sunday we celebrated 27 years of the River Church. And when I left here, I felt like I left half things undone. So I thought, well, it doesn't matter. I've got today to still share some things. Let me stop this from flapping around. That's why I've got these little deals here. But I focused on what we put in the bulletin last week, our responsibility as a local church. And so I want to really focus on that here today because... One of the things that is very interesting to me when we travel around and I talk to pastors about their churches and what their church is there for, and it's quite amazing what some people actually think the church is, like some kind of a franchise serving some kind of a milkshake or some kind of a juice bar or something. But church is not what people think it is. And church, when you think about everybody going to church today, what are they expecting to get from church when they go to church? Because you see some places are really just a meeting place so you can connect business-wise with somebody. I'm going to go to that church. They've got a lot of business people. I'll make a connection that will help my business. Or somebody who's lonely and they're looking for a spouse connection. And they say, they've got really beautiful people over there, so I'm going to go over to that church and see if I can pick up somebody. I mean, no, you laugh about it, but there are people that come to church with a totally wrong motive of why we even come to church. We come to church to worship God, which is what I've been talking about. But I want to come from a different angle here today. Our responsibility as a local church, what is our responsibility to you? Are we obligated to do anything you want done? I'm just asking. Some of the things, I don't need an answer. You can answer them in your own head. But I want to read this passage from Psalm 127 and verse 1. It says, Unless the Lord build the house, the labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. And so everywhere we travel, we see people building churches. And somebody said, oh, I'll tell you what, we've just opened our 27th campus. Actually, the Lord's been good to us. We've just opened our 45th campus. And when you go, there's a bunch of people sitting looking at a screen. These were the first people to shut down during COVID. In actual fact, if you wanted to find your pastor, there's nowhere to be seen. A pastor should actually be somebody that you can actually touch and see, not just on a screen. 
So I'm going to start off here with the first one which the Lord told us to preach the full counsel of God. Maybe you want to comment on that, and I'll mention it. We'll tag team here. We'll do like a tag team wrestling thing here. So hmm? as Pastor Rodney said, it's not, it's not like a franchise. Really, a church is more like a family. And so as just as our family, we have different members in the family. We have mom and dad. We have the children, but individuals. And so we have our own flavor in our family. We have our own culture inside our family. And yet there's still some basic uh, principles that we have to follow to have an effective family. Amen. And not a dysfunctional family, but have a functional family. And so it's the same in the church. A church has, its, has a character and a flavor because we are the people in it and we make it that color and that flavor. But what we are doing, as Pastor Rodney said, we follow the Bible principle that God builds the house and we follow Him and we look for His leading and we only do what He wants us to do. And so God has a, a call and an, and an anointing on people to stand in different offices and different roles. And so a pastor is someone who is called to be a pastor and anointed to be a pastor. Now, he may be able to do other things, uh, you know, to, to preach and teach and, and, even, and even evangelize and, you know, f operate in the gifts of the, of the Spirit, which we should probably all, the Bible says we should all covet to do that, to, to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But we are all submitted to the head of the church, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we're following Him and we're obeying Him. So when you look for the, the, the anointing, you know, and the, the, these people that they want to, they have somebody in their church that's very, um, like a good business person, and so they put them in some office, some pastoral office. You can't put a business person into a pastoral office any more than you can stick a pastor into a, a, a business role if they're called to pastor. We have to do what we're called to do. And so we create a culture inside the church of honor of the Lord and what He wants and not just a formula. So obviously we have a, we have a structure. There's things that we do here. We worship. There's, we, 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 we preach. We always give the altar call. Um, uh, but we may not give the altar call at the end of the service. We may give it in the beginning of the service because that's the way that the Holy Spirit is leading. Amen. So our job is to preach the full counsel of God, which the full counsel of God covers everything. It's not just one thing. There's certain things that we have to address that actually gets a little, just like when you're talking to your children. Say, okay, listen, today we're going to be sorting some things out here. Kids don't really like that, do they? But how many know that that's a very important but in most churches, they never deal with it because, well, we've got visitors coming or whatever. That's like your kid misbehaving at a restaurant and you never bring correction because you're in a public place. How I many know what I'm talking about? So I've just learned just to speak it out. Whoever this applies to, it applies to you. And if it doesn't apply to you, just smile and be happy because we're talking to the person next to you or whatever, you know. And as we always say, if the cat's fur is getting rubbed the wrong way, let the cat turn around. If the shoe fits, wear it. But it would be wrong for us not to preach the full counsel of God, and then God's going to hold us responsible 
on that day, because why didn't you tell the people, this is what my word said, yeah, well, Lord, I don't want to offend anybody. People might not like it. They might not come back. Then you're preaching a message that is to tickle the people's ears. And I want you to know, we are not here to tickle people's ears at the river. Amen. Amen. So how many are glad that you're not going to get your ears tickled here today? Hallelujah. You know, as, as a pastor, your job is to tell people what they need to know, the same way that a dad, as Pastor Rodney said, would bring correction in the family. So you have to tell people what they need to know, not what they, or what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. It's not always what we want to hear. How many of you know when you get corrected, it, it's not fun. It doesn't, doesn't always feel good. But the Bible says that if we will receive correction, if we will make the adjustments, then we will, we will see some fruit in our life. And what we want to see is fruit come forth from your life. So there's the, the peaceable fruit of righteousness the, the Bible speaks about. And so as with a family, as, as pastors, we have to lead by example. You know, I heard a, something that I thought was so good that uh, a way of putting parenting into a nutshell is be the person you want your child to be. Be the person you want your child to be. Because a lot of times we telling our kids how they ought to be and we are not leading by our example. Well, guess what they're going to follow? They're going to follow your example, not what you say. So we need to be the people that and act like we want our kids to act. And that's what they will model. They will become exactly like us. And so as a, as a pastor standing in that position, we have to model to the congregation what it looks like to be a born-again believer, a Christian, a representative of, of the Most High God, an ambassador, a, a worshiper, a lover of the Word of God, somebody who's personally submitted to the Word. As, as, a, as a pastor, we have to take this and we have to apply this to ourselves. We have to receive this Word for ourselves. We have to receive the corrections. And so our prayer is, Lord, do the work in us. Straighten us out anytime that you need to because we want to be pleasing to you and we stand before you. We want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, not where on earth were you and what were you doing? Amen. <laughs> so Acts 20 and 27, for I've not shunned to declare to you all the counsel of God. You would not love a friend if you knew the whole story and you only told them a little piece. Anything that we do should have the full instructions. And maybe it's a man thing, because when men buy anything, they never read the instructions. Normally the wife that sits and reads the instructions to find out how the thing works, men just want to plug the thing in. How many know what I'm talking about? How many ladies know what I'm talking about? So the lady's the one that has to go read all the directions and the instructions on how the thing works, while the man just wants to go plug the thing in. But there are some warning things that come with plugging things in. Be careful. And so we have to tell everybody, okay, this is how it works over here, but you have to watch out for this. That's why even with Kingdom Businesses, we're raising up 300 millionaires. We give all the warnings labels about people that get carried away with money because we don't want their lives to be wrecked. We don't want them to be shipwrecked, which leads me to the second thing here, which is preach the word, be instant in season. If you read in 2 Timothy chapter 4, be instant in season, out of season, because there's sometimes that out of season. Somebody said, yeah, but pastor, this is the season to be jolly. This is Christmas. I understand. So this is the Christmas season, but 
what he's talking about in this context is there's certain times that are out of season. In other words, where things are just not like flowing like the way they should, but you have to be the same. The same consistency of the word when it's in season needs to be the same consistency of the word when it's out of season. You don't change because difficult times come. As you know, we did not change the message when COVID came, when the lockdowns came. We, we preached the exact same thing that we preached when we were open as when we were closed, and we preached it with even stronger conviction. Can you say amen? So he says, yeah, be instant in season, out of season. So the, the, there's going to be seasons. So just stay constant. Reprove. Rebuke. Which those two are not even on the list of things that modern preachers do. Reprove. Rebuke. And there's a way of doing it. I'm not talking about screaming like some nut job. You can correct and reprove and rebuke by the Spirit of God that people know, oops, I guess I better change that. Pastor spoke a message today that brought correction to me. Because all of this is not done for your hurt, but for your success. And then he says, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. So you, you do this showing from the Word of God how you pattern your life. And he warns everybody, for the time will come when they'll not endure sound doctrine but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, which we see America's full of that right now. And they shall turn away the ears from the truth and be turned away to fables. And then he says, but watch down all things in your afflictions, which we have to do a lot of that. Do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of your ministry. So we are truly living in the time, if you get to watch my news program from this morning, I mean, it's like... I'm sitting, you're almost in a state of just laughing because like the, you're speechless in your ability. What normal people would have just said, look, that's after lunch. And now you've got, I mean, I'm watching John Kerry announcing that the earth is warming up and is the greatest threat to the planet. And then he passes gas on the set while he's talking. And so I put a clip of that on there and said, the only global warming is coming from his nether region. I mean, I'm just telling you right now. These people are out to lunch. These are the same people that said the ice caps will be melted by the year 12, 2014. Al Gore said that all of the ice caps would be melted. And this is what the world is going, excuse me, you're out to lunch and they want to take away my cows. You're not going to touch one hoof. I'm telling you right now, you're going to leave my steak alone. It's not going to be good, I promise you right now. So they, 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 they turned away to fables. And all of this, believe it or not, has crept into the church. You see now where the World Economic Forum has now actually got a hold of bishops and preachers to start preaching climate change. because it's the new religion. There, there was a huge coalition of scientists who had their heads screwed on the right way that all came together and announced, of course the media is not gonna tell you this, but announced that the whole global warming thing is over-exaggerated and a hoax. And the numbers do not bear any of that out. So we have to understand, when we look, we look at the stuff that happens and you wanna be like, 
you know, that emoji, but, or the roll the eyes emoji, but <laughs> you have to understand there's an agenda behind everything. So it's not just that people are stupid, it's that they paid to be stupid to make you think that that's how things are supposed to be. And so we know what the truth is and we have to stand for the truth in everything. We have to stand for the truth in the word. We have to stand in integrity with, it's either true or it isn't true. Amen. And God created everything and facts are facts are facts are facts. And the, but Bible, the Bible says- the Bible says as long as the earth remains, Day and night, summer and winter, sea time, sea time and harvest will not cease. What do you mean, global warming? And, it says, and the Bible also says that, you know, let, let God be true and every man a liar. In other words, as every man is lying, God's word is the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's our anchor and that's what we hold to and that's what we follow. And so when we're being pressured and propagandized and, and lied to, we, we have, we have a, a word a strong word to stand on and to see through all that nonsense and to stand firm and because they want to get you to quit they want you to give up I mean these people are committing suicide people are in fear this younger generation they're in so much fear that the world is gonna end and and they're doing crazy ridiculous things and putting their own personal self in harm's way sticking themselves on highways and gluing themselves to the pavement it's, it's, it's completely nuts because of fear. When people are full of fear, their brain stops working. And the devil is the one who's behind every fear in every area of your life. And so fear is something that we have to deal with. We have to deal with it in our children. We've, we've got, and don't be the source of fear to your children. Do not be the source. Don't, don't do things that make your kids scared and think it's funny. It isn't funny. You watch these parents pranking their kids with sort of super scary stuff. That parent needs to be turned over and spanked. <laughs> Penalized, some, some, they need to like, make, they need to make them go to parenting classes for six months. And- Yep, don't scare and prank your wife. <laughs> yes, don't prank your wife. I, it's like this generation thinks it's okay. All of that, yeah. Anyways, if, if you have to lie and you think that's funny, there's something wrong with you. And so, you know, the Bible, the Bible clearly tells us what this generation is going to be like, to, turning their ears away from the truth, turning towards fables, following things that are wrong, and, and it's leading down to a, and everything, all of these things that they do, you have to understand, they hate God. So everything they do is an anti-God agenda. There's a whole abortion agenda. It's an anti-God agenda because they know how much God loves everybody and especially the weak and defenseless. And so for them to brutalize a baby is like their highest offering to their devil, God, the devil, Satan. And so we, we move in an opposite spirit. We stand up and we stand against that. And when all these other churches are selling out and believing the lie, we have to stand against that and bring a rebuke to them, amen. And, and because the whole plan, obviously, of the global uh, thing, cabal, is to the one world religion, because that's how you control people. You can get people to do the most terrible, awful things in the name of 
whatever religion that they believe in. So the religion, the money, the government, that is what that's what the whole climate change thing is. It's about government. And so the, the reason they want to shut the church up, the reason they want to neutralize us, the reason, the reason they want to pervert us into doing what, what they want us to do instead of preaching the gospel is because we stand up and we clearly expose them as liars when we preach the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So the church is the church is powerful and we've got to fight to stay preaching the gospel. And that's why it is so important that we preach the word, that we are not afraid of their faces. Because, you know, I also look at that, the word when it talks about out of season. Out of season could be when you're preaching and everybody gets very frosty. Not in this church, thank you, Jesus. Amen. But you might be out somewhere and you start preaching the truth and, and people start freezing up on you. And it gets, but you have to continue in preaching the truth in love. Amen. So for those that are watching, for the pastors out there, you don't have to say this. We said this before. Whoever you cater for is who you're going to have. So if you're going to cater for the dead, religious, grumpy people in your church, that is who you're going to have. But if you're going to cater for the on fire, the hungry, the people who want Jesus, the people who want the fire of God, the people who want to feel the presence of God, and the people who want to do what He wants them to do, then you preach that and you'll have those people in your church. Amen. Hallelujah. So we thank God for, for all of you and that you love Jesus and that you love the word and that you receive the corrections and that you make the changes and we see the change and we see the growth and we see the fruit that comes forth from your life and, and we see the great, uh, the, the harvest of souls that comes in because you have made that consecration to the Lord and his word. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, so I know you say, well, why would you mention climate change? Because whether you realize it or not, you're going to see more things on climate change pushed from the pulpits of the land. Watch as we close out 2023 into 2024. It's the new world religion. Everything's about the earth. And I've got news for you. Everything's not about the earth. It's about people. Can you say Amen. And God didn't put this earth to run out of anything. There's enough supply on here for every single person on the face of the earth. There's no shortage of anything here on the planet. And as long as the earth remains daytime, nighttime, summer and winter, sowing and reaping will not cease. And, and the Bible specifically mentions people worshiping the creation rather than the creator. And that's what it's about. We don't worship the creation we worship the Creator, and yes, we have dominion over it, and we take care of it, but we don't worship the earth. We worship the Creator of the earth and everything in it. Amen. Yeah, and I mean, it even goes on to talk about people preaching doctrines of devils, abstaining from meats, forbidding to marry. That's a doctrine of devils. You shouldn't get married. Maybe there are one or two people that probably shouldn't get married. <laughs> it's another subject. <laughs> but I thank God for my wife. I'm telling you right now, I, I would never have been a priest. I, I never, never, never been. I just wouldn't. I, it would have been bad. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. <laughs> I'm so glad. The Lord gave me my wife, you know, now 42 years. So, and then and forbidding to eat meat. You can't eat this meat, that meat, and whatever. 
There's some places we go in the world, we don't know what we're eating, but we pray over it. Do you actually know what they've done in the kitchen? You have no clue what the chef's doing in the kitchen. Hello. And if you've worked in the kitchen, then you have a little clue of what some of the chefs are doing in the kitchen. Amen. Because I have some chefs looking at me, shaking their head like this. So what I'm trying to tell you is, no, we, we, everything is to be received with thanksgiving unto God. We pray over the food. Amen. For what we're about to receive, Father, we just pray over this. We don't know what we're eating, but if we did anything, it shall not harm us. Amen. Praise God. And we receive it with thanksgiving. But, the, but you watch. You watch what I'm saying. This might seem like a small thing, but I'm just telling you right now, it's not. So, everybody say, reprove. Reprove. Rebuke. Rebuke. Exhort. Exhort. Say it again. Reprove. Rebuke. Exhort. One more time. Reprove. Rebuke. Exhort. Okay. Now, does that mean to say all we do is go around and rebuke? No. We show grace and speak the truth in love. According to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 5, we speak the truth in love. Just take a moment with that. You know, when we first started the church, I, I spoke to the Lord about how we, Lord, how do we bring correction when we need to bring correction or discipline? And the Lord said to me, if I forgive them, you forgive them. And, you know, that was one phrase, but he downloaded a whole concept into, into me of, you know, disciplining people in the church like we would our children. So we're not going to spank you physically, um, but we will tell you we the truth. We can arrange that, though. We, <laughs> we will tell you the truth, which might be maybe, maybe hurt more than a spanking. But we would give the kids a spanking, um, you know, give them a moment to finish crying. If they, if they cried in rage or anger, they got another spanking. They got the, they, they, we stopped spanking when they cried in repentance. And then we said, you know why you got spanked? Okay, now let's ask the Lord to forgive us. And then, it's, and then we hug, and then they run out the door, and we don't remind them, oh, remember yesterday when you? No, we don't. We offer them grace. They learn from that. They're better now. And tomorrow, there's less they're less likely to make that same mistake. So the same thing when we've had to bring people in and bring correction. We, we bring them the reality of this choice that you make. And you see this choice here? Okay, so it looks like it's just a little ways off the path. But you keep going in this direction. Look how much further you're going to be outside of the will of God. And guess what happens when you're out of the will of God? The devil comes and beats your brains out. The protection is inside the will of God. So we want you to be, we, we don't, <laughs> the last thing we need to or want to be doing is telling you how to run your life. Really, being, being your mom, dad, nagging you, you know, pick up your, put your shoes on, put that away, go clean your room. That's the last thing we want to do. But because we love you, we're going to tell you the truth. And we're going to show you that if you keep making those choices, you head that direction, this is not going to be well with you. And so the Lord showed me if people see it in the word, repent, we help them first pray. Because they didn't, we're not offended by what they did, but they, they, there's a, there's a, a, a they, they, sin brings an offense between you and God or a, a chasm. I don't know how to maybe help me with the word here, but it, it, it cuts you off from God's grace and God's presence. We have to come back and apologize, say, sorry, Lord, please forgive me. Amen. And I love that scripture that says his mercy is on you every morning because he'll forgive you every day. 
How many, how many of you have done stupid things more than once? Yeah, especially when you're trying to break a habit or something. Lord, thank you that your mercy is on you every day. Thank you that you helped me today. Thank you that you helped me to, you know, keep my mouth shut. Give me wisdom. <laughs> Put a guard on my lips or whatever it is that, that you know, you, you're really needing help with. And so the Lord said, if people will, will see and they'll repent and they'll say, I'm, I'm sorry, then, then we love on them and we, we help them then to stand and we encourage them and we, 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 we're cheering for them because we, we want them to do well. We want them to succeed. Amen. So we're not, we're not trying to dominate people and tell them what to do. You, you can do whatever you want to do. In fact, we're going to do what the Lord does. He says, I said before you, blessing and cursing, but he says, therefore choose life so that you and your seed may live. So yeah, this, this is a choice here you can make or this choice over here. So we've had some people that everybody in the ministry has spoken to them and they run from this one, they run from that one. They're trying to find somebody who's going to agree with them that it's okay for them to do what they're doing and to say what they're saying and think what they're thinking. So I'm going to leave my wife and go off with this woman, and I need you to agree with me. No, we're not going to agree with that. We've had some people like, well, I'm getting a divorce. I know you told me not to marry them. So, you know, remember, you told me not to marry them, so I'm going to divorce them. No, you married them, so work it out. When you said I do, we, we got in agreement, and we're in agreement with the wedding. We're not in agreement with the divorce. Figure it out. Well, it got really quiet. It did there. <laughs> but we, we're going to agree with righteousness. We're going we're gonna to point you in the direction. We're, gonna, we, we're not going to make you do anything, but we're going to tell you these are your choices, and you have to make a choice. And, and if you make a wrong choice, we'll cry and pray for you. Amen, like you would over your children. But there have been very few people that we've had to say, we can't help you anymore because you, you keep asking us for help, but you never do what we say. So we can't help you anymore. So maybe you need to go somewhere else and go find somebody else that can tell you what you want to hear or whatever. But, you know, and then again, like I said, you know, we cry over people because you feel, you, you can see them going in the wrong direction and it, it breaks your heart. But you can just pray for them and put them in God's hands. So if you're dealing with something like that, even in your family or your kids, just, just pray, put them in God's hands. Don't fear over them and don't worry over them because that's not productive. As long as you're fearing and you're worrying, they're not in God's hands. So you cast the care on the Lord and just pray for them. Amen. And whatever the situation is. Uh, but So that's what the Lord said to me. If, if people, if, if God said, if I forgive them, you forgive them. And God, God is waiting to forgive you, but he needs you to come and repent. Like genuine, not be sorry for getting caught but genuinely sorry for what you did because, I mean, and really, if, if, if it's something you need to come in sackcloth and ashes, Lord, please forgive me, and then let him pick you up, let him wash you off. Sometimes we've, had, we've rebaptized people just to, to have a point of contact of a new beginning for them because the devil doesn't want to just trip you up with sin, but he wants to dangle the guilt of it over you. Remember what you did. Remember, even after you've repented, remember what you did. Remember. So the Lord wants us to ask for forgiveness, and he wants us to receive that forgiveness and to tell the devil. We don't tell the devil, no, I didn't do that because you did do that, and that's a lie. But you have to say, yes, devil, I'm a big mess. But guess what? God forgave me. Hallelujah. And I'm carrying on in God's grace. Now, I might be a big mess on my own, but thank God for his forgiveness, and he's helping me. So devil, you can take it and go away. Amen. And so then because 
Everybody in the church received the same grace and God's brought correction to them and they made adjustments. They have the same grace to the other people in the church. So they say, hey, let me tell you what happened to me. I went through a similar kind of problem, but the Lord brought me out. Look what's happened to me now. Instead of it being something that's judgmental, where the last place that should be judgmental is this group of people here at the river, which, because we've experienced his divine grace. We've experienced his mercy and his kindness to us. And that's what we extend to a lost and dying world. So let me just say this. If I can go across the street and talk to somebody under a bridge or just a total stranger and tell them how much God loves him, then I can extend that same love to my brothers and sisters who I'm, I know. Are you with me? This is not just something that's freely given out there, but it's not accepted amongst us. It should be stronger. The love and the grace of God should be stronger amongst us as a church family. And then that overflows to a lost and dying world. So, everybody say, I must show grace. I must show grace. The grace I've received. The grace I received. I give to others. I give to others. And then to minister to every part of the family. As you see what we try to endeavor to do from the little ones, the three to fives. I mean, obviously the babies, you know, you have access to those. And, but from the three to fives and the six to twelves, and then the 13 to 19, and then the young adults. I mean, to basically cater for all the needs of the congregation, young couples. You know, young couples are facing problems that nobody else is facing, because it's a whole new thing. Are you with me? And the young couples are not even me like they're experts already, but the bottom line is a young couple it's, it's a whole change of life. You, you've been going your own way. She's been going her own way. Now you come together. Now suddenly, I can't just do what I want to do. I can't just live my own life. I've got somebody else I have to think about. Are you with me? Can't just get up and, oh, honey, I'll see you. Where are you going? I'm going to hang out with the guy. <laughs> All that changes the moment you get married. So the moment, then you're dealing with, with married people. And marriage is something that, man, this new microphone is a, is a thing of torture, I promise you. Where did you get this thing from? Nazi Germany? Lord have mercy. Seriously, it's a thing of torture. Anyway, it's really hurting me right now. <clears throat> so, the bottom, sorry about that. It felt like piano wire. It felt like barbed wire stuck right behind my ear. That's why I thought. Got some German guy on the sound there. We will torture you. You will be tortured by you. Preaching. Anyway. All right. It's a midget German dude. Okay. <laughs> so we've got to take care of everybody from from the littlest child to the oldest saint. When the moment you get into senior, you're dealing with different problems that the young people have no clue about. You heard what the brother testified about. He, he, he said, I'm not sure if I want to live. I don't want to live with this pain. So you're dealing with people. We've got to minister at every level because each group is dealing with different problems that the other one isn't dealing with. And we have to have people that are proficient in these realms that can speak into them. The way you speak to teenagers, not the way you're going to speak to seniors. Are you with me? 
The same goes for business people. So to cover every area. And then this is very important, raising people up to help them. This is what I feel on me more than anything else, if you want to know as a pastor, to help them fulfill the call of God on their life. I feel that on me 24-7. My job is to find out where you are, put the fire on you, and then move you in the direction of what the Lord has for you. Whatever that is, I'm not going to limit you. I'm not going to tell you it can't be done. I'm not going to tell you that's impossible. I'm not going to tell you you're thinking too big. You're never going to hear that from me. You're never going to hear, oh, who do you think you are? You, that's too big for you. All you're going to hear from me is go, go, go. But I've got to connect you to the fire of God and the divine fuel of the Holy Spirit that will propel you to accomplish what heaven has for you. And what is that? The sky is the limit. There's no, there's no stopping. There's no stopping what God's going to do through each individual as you learn to submit yourself to the Holy Spirit. I believe history will be written coming out of these pews. History of whole region. Regions are going to be written coming out of these pews just because of what God has on the inside of you. The gifts the graces, the talents that's on the inside of every one of you that, let me tell you, will not be unlocked. You can go to any other church. I'm just going to tell you, they're not going to talk to you about that. How do you know? I know what they're talking about. Because the moment you feel you want to do it, they're going to say, no, you're not ready for it. As though they're experts on what you're ready for. In actual fact, Everything that God tells you to do, you'll feel like you're not ready for it. And the day you feel like you're ready for it, you're not ready for it. There's never been one time that the Lord told us to do something that we said, oh, yes, yes, honey, high five. We're ready for this. Not one time. Not one time that we were, oh, I'll tell you what, we're we ready for this. In actual fact, every time we felt, okay, if that's what you want to do, we'll, we'll do it, but we're going we're gonna to need your help. We're going to need your help. If you will help us, we'll do whatever you tell us to do, but we're going to need your help. I think that's what's so important about preaching the the whole counsel of God, because unless each and every one of us is 100% submitted to the Word and 100% submitted to the Holy Spirit, we are never going to produce the ministry or the fruit that God has planned for our life. We will never accomplish those great things that God has for us unless we are completely submitted to the Word and to the Holy Spirit. So that's so, so important as, as part of that call of God on your life. Amen. So we're watching people come through the university. We're watching when they first arrived. I mean, last Sunday was 27 years as a church. 20, this is going into the 26th year of River University. I'm telling you. So we're actually watching children that we dedicated started to fly in the things of God. These are babies. Last Sunday, what we dedicated, what, nine babies here last Sunday? Nine babies? So over 26, 27 years, 
you dedicate a lot of babies. So now the baby's standing there. The baby's talking now. There's no baby anymore. And God has raised them up. And to watch the fruit of what God's been doing in their life, even what's happening in the foreign field, as people are going out, the new evangelists that God's raising up, new pastors that God's sending out. I tune in, I pull up their YouTube channels, and I sit, and I go, wow, that guy, what, the, what in the world? These people that the Lord's using, that if you'd have told me that 10, 12, 15 years ago, I'd have said, yeah, man, it's going to be iffy. It'll be iffy if that. But I'm watching what God's doing, and I'm just going, there it is, there it is, there it is. And the thing is, we saw that before other people saw that. Because God will allow you to see people, not where they are now, but where they're going to be. So I know some of you sitting here, you're looking where you are right now, and you're moaning about what, but I don't see you where you are now. I see where you are at the completed, finished work of what God's raised you up to be, nation shakers. Can you say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's why we're going to keep speaking the word of God over here. Your marriage stronger than ever before. Your children are going to be taught of the Lord. God's raising you up with his power and his anointing with signs and wonders and miracles. Amen. Provision is yours. Blessing is yours. His goodness and grace is yours. His mercy is yours. Amen. And whatever the Lord has extended to us, he extends to you. Whatever we freely receive, we freely give without reservation. If there was something else that I could give you that I knew would help you, I would give it to you. you it, it'll cost you nothing. No, I'm not even charging you for this. It's the only university I know on the planet. There's scholarships, everybody. No tuition. Only university, I know. Only church I know that hands out vitamin packs on Sunday mornings. I don't know another church. I never found. And, and by the way, next Sunday, I've got something ready for the kids. Yeah, because they want to pull this other thing out. We've developed something for the kids as well. Amen. They can come with their white lung nonsense. And we'll come with the healing lung of Jesus. Can you say amen? Lying devils in hell. So, the Lord, when, 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 we, when we start this church, the Lord said, have a place where you can prepare my people for eternity. How many would say, with up to them, Pastor, there's never a Sunday that comes by here that I'm not thinking about eternity. The rest of you, what about, you mean, you came through here at the river and there was a Sunday that was nothing about eternity here? And somebody said, well, I sat in the service. It felt like eternity. <laughs> you mean you went to the restroom for an eternity? Because I watched you go and I watched you get back. That's a 40-minute trip. Bad case of diarrhea there, friend. But the Lord said, I want Sunday mornings back. What are we doing? That's what we're giving him here. 
We set aside this day to worship him. Powerful praise and worship. How many thank God for the praise and worship around here? And that we don't cut it short. And then preaching and teaching. Yeah. And I'm happy this Sunday Pastor Rodney's back in town. <laughs> I told evangelists to stay home. And then as, as the Lord moves with demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so we set aside this day to fellowship with the saints. You see that when you come on here, everybody's like beehive. You have people are greeting each other. If you come early, if you, just, if you come late, you don't see that. If you come late and leave as the altar call is given, you don't see any of that. You don't see any of the interaction of the congregation. If you come a half an hour, 45 minutes early, and you feel the buzz in the lobby, and then, and then you hang out a little bit afterwards, you can see there's that whole interaction of a family. Now, you can be part of this family, and no one ever knows that you're here, because you never come, you never shake hands with anybody, you never introduce yourself. That's your choice. You've got a side entrance into the house, you go to the spare room, and then you slip out. We don't see you. You don't come to breakfast. You're never there for lunch. You're never there for supper. You're eating at the gas station. You're ramen noodles. Okay, move around long. So we've set aside this day to fellowship with the saints, to come around the table of the Lord, which is the thing we always do to close out the service, and to feel heaven's embrace. Listen to the testimony, the young man. He said, I felt like I was hugged. That's heaven's embrace. Are you with me? And again, do you know how much he loves you? I'm going to walk around now. You can follow me. Do you know how much he loves you? That love that knows no limits, knows no boundaries. That love that loves even the unlovely. That love that does not condemn. That love that does convict, where when you feel that love, you say, okay, I surrender. I'll make it right. I'll give back four times. I'll give back seven times. What makes people do that? What makes people make restitution? The love of God that overwhelms them, that then causes them to, I'll do this and do that, and then I'm going to go over and above and beyond.
Have you seen our children all when you come to hug them and they pull away? How many have seen that with kids? They get that idea. It's the same way with God's children. He tries to come and put his arm on, and, they, and they're like that. Because it's making yourself vulnerable to allow that love to actually reach down and for him to do exactly what he wants to do. And all of this is not just some motivational thing where you rah-rah in your head. Yes, no, it's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's in your spirit. It's something that comes by way of revelation. Which totally transforms everyone. This dear lady right here, sister. Look. Come here. No, to the right of you. Yes, you. Yeah, come. Very good. Sweet, come here. Lift your hands. Put your hands on her right now. Jesus. That's it right now. From this moment, total, total release of heaven. Total release from this day. Whatever has plagued you shall plague you no more. Total release. Yeah, I've seen all the memes that they post about the service with the guy's dog's face moving like this when the preacher moves around and starts calling people out. People do memes on Instagram, you know, because people will, I'll feel uncomfortable if he calls me out. Okay, then go to some dead church where they don't call anybody out. Carry on with your problems. Keep your rotten teeth in your mouth if you want to. Go ahead. <laughs> Only way I know is to get the power of God on people. There is no other way. You want the tooth out, we'll extract it. You want the operation, we'll do it now. When, when, do you want it now or later? See, because ministers are afraid of this. On a Sunday morning, well, when? The people are having the, when do we do it? Do we have another time? Do we have another time when people can pull in here? Hmm? I'm just asking. I'll pull up the memes they sent me. There's a guy with a dog looking like this. and says, when the preacher moves to call people out of the pew, the dog's, you know, whatever. If that's what you are, you're a dog, it's fine. If you're afraid of the power of God, there's actually a reason you're afraid of the power of God. And it's that thing that's afraid of the power of God that is your problem. It's your problem. Well, I don't want to go down there and fall on the ground. Nobody asked you to. Did we tell her to come here and fall on the ground? No.
The Lord told me, he said, I want to touch my people. On a Sunday, he wants to touch his people. On a Sunday. Last time I checked, it's Sunday. The beautiful thing about the River Church, when you're out here in the pavilion, there's a drain right there. There's a drain right there. When you come down here, you fall in the power, everything runs out, goes down the drain, and goes off into the sewer system. Just close your eyes and lift your hands. God's touching people all across this field. the fire of God fall all over this room today, touch every life. Jesus name, from the top of your head to the very soles of your feet. I release that anointing right now to go where the knife of man cannot go, to do a work deep down on the inside of each and every person. That which is needed for the sick to be healed even here. For hearts that are broken to be bound up. For he binds up the broken heart. For those that are confused. For the confusion to leave him and now. For the depressed to not be depressed anymore. Father, we thank you for it. And we give you praise and we give you honor. Go beyond the minds of men. Go into the spirits, into the hearts of your people and touch. Let there be a divine, holy eruption that takes place only by the Spirit of God as the fire of God comes and burns. Burn out every bit of tradition or religion, whatever might be hanging on. Burn it out. Burn it out. Just like the young man experienced your touch, so cause your people today to experience your touch. Let they may, let they may, let them, let they, let them, let them feel heaven's embrace. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. For those that are worried about the image of how they look, mess up the image here today. Mess it up.
Rick the image. Turn it upside down. May there only be one image, the image of the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. For those who are afraid of looking like a fool, when they don't even realize they already look like a fool. Sweep this place, sweep it, sweep this room. Flood this place, flood this room. Flood this room with heaven's embrace. Divine strength coming into people right now. Today you receive an answer to your asking. Today you receive an answer to your asking. Today divine direction comes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Barofo, Randa, Tarike, Perendo, Sapaya, Prapakan, Deli, Bravondele, Sipre, Perdon, Jombre, Ardiste, Merenendo, Sapra, Arritu, Subornia, Paradandan, Ding, and Jingles to Prapaya, Arratuso, Perenendeliste, Pretona. 
Brandandale soprabonde legitiste, Reningelen jumbrabar ritos homorinaiste, Erdeneste preparatista, Ratandoliste proponda, Racandeliste prepetula no tananda, Ratandeliste prepetendolieto, Raala ratos tumburdenatiso, Randida mondaleso bonda tora, Merenundo charite, Charite no ratandi, Ratonda ratandale Babes and children, you should not be, but you should be mature. You should be mature members of the body of Christ and shall be raised up to walk in the fullness of the stature of the measure of the knowledge of Christ and shall be accomplishing heaven's purpose and plan. And the work that shall be done in you shall be a quick work for even the next three years shall declare that which the Spirit of God shall do on the inside of your life and then through your life to where many that even knew you that have been affiliated with you will say, I cannot believe the transformation that's taken place in the life of this individual from the past three years to now. I cannot even recognize him. Is this the same person? And you'll say, yes, it is. I've just come into the fullness. I've come into that place of maturity. I've grown. I've grown in the things of God. I've matured in the things of God. I was a baby back then, but I have matured, and I've gone from grace to grace. Father, I thank you for that upon each face. A quick work it shall be, for the time is short, and I thank you that the work that has to be done must be done quickly. So do it even today, we pray in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Hallelujah. 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 So we will not talk to you as babes. We will speak to you as mature people in Christ. That even when you come here on a Sunday morning, we shall not talk to you as babes, but shall speak to you as mature people and shall speak to you as those that have an understanding of that which the Spirit of God is saying. Do not worry about what's happening on the world stage. Do not worry about the news and the noise that comes from near and from afar. But keep your eyes on him who sits on the throne. For he will sustain you and will carry you through every storm that comes. And great shall be the victory and great shall be the rejoicing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If it's up to me, I connect all of you to 100,000 Holy Ghost vaults right now. If it was up to me. It's not up to me. I can't press in. You have to press in. I pressed in for me. You have to press in for yourself.
Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Some of you are going to be shocked with your children that are even teens operating at a high level of spirituality than some people that are adults. I'm just telling you, you watch what's going to happen. You watch, you watch, you watch what's going to take place here in the next three years. You watch what's going to happen here. This is acceleration taking place. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And sometimes the correction will come out of your own children. The little ones be in the back seat of the car. Mom and dad are running their mouth, and the kid will pipe up and bring correction. You better be able to hear it. Hello. I'm telling you. <laughs> Praise God. Well, that's what I had in my spirit today. Amen. So when I see the kids' church, I don't see them as kids. I see them as mighty men and women of God. When I see the youth, I don't say, oh, they're just the youth. No, they're mighty men and women of God. When I see the seniors, I don't see people fit for the grave. I see them as mighty men and women of God. Now, if you see yourself as fit for the grave, then you and me have a problem. Because I don't. Well, Pastor, I came here just to retire. You are not going to retire. I'm put a fire on your tail. And when you go, you're going on a blaze of glory. You're not going out here. Are you with me? You'll see more accomplished in the next three years than maybe the last 30 years in your life because of what God will do in and through you. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. I want everybody to bow your heads, if you would, please, across this room. If you're here and you fit into any one of these categories or you're watching by way of television and you fit into any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you. Maybe you're watching right now. You say, Pastor, I do not know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Friend, I want to ask you a question. What would happen if today was your last day on the earth? You went home. You put your head on your pillow in the middle of the night. You breathed out your last breath and passed. Where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And you don't have to go to a devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid, the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood. Lose all their guilty stain. Today, the power of sin will be broken. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life. You might have come in here one way, but you'll leave another way. Today, the Lord calls you and he says, come. Will you surrender to him? Will you say, yes, Lord Jesus? He loves you. He stands with arms wide open. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He calls you. Maybe you came here today and you say, Pastor, I did at one time give my life to Jesus. But I have, unfortunately, I've grown cold and I'm not serving God like I should. I've allowed the things of the world to come in. I've lost that first love that I once had. 
There was a time when I used to be radically on fire for God, but I'm sorry to say I'm not that way right now. But today, Pastor, I want to make a decision, and I want to get all in. Today, I'm going all the way with Jesus, and I'm going to be radical. I want to be the most radical river member on the planet. I want to be on fire, and I'm making that decision today. Maybe it's something hidden that no one can see, pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things that clog the heart of man. Maybe it's something outward that everyone could see, which that actually makes it worse because then you feel, well, what's the use? Everybody knows how bad that I have been, but God is a God of a second chance. God's a God of a new beginning. Will you surrender afresh to him and say, yes, Lord, I surrender afresh to you. He will come and do a work in you. He said, I will take out the stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. He said, a new spirit will I put within you. Maybe it's not hidden or outward as we described. Maybe a storm came against your life. A sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked your world. But today you say, I'm coming back. I'm going to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Acts 3 and verse 19 says, Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, that the times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of the heat, of reviving with fresh air will come from the presence of the Lord. Today God will revive you, renew you, restore you, and you'll leave your chains by his power and his anointing. And then maybe you've come to this place, you say, Pastor, I love the Lord with all my heart, but I don't have the assurance I don't have the bold, calm assurance that I'm a child of God. The devil's always lying to me, telling me that I'm not saved. But today, I want to know. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt I'm a child of God. Remember, I always tell people this everywhere we go, that God looks at the temperature of people's hearts. It's either hot, lukewarm, or cold. So you're either hot, meaning you're on fire for God, or you're lukewarm, or cold. Cold means nothing would be zero lukewarm would be about five hot would be ten somebody said yeah but I'm seven and a half you're still towards lukewarm eight is not acceptable nine's not even acceptable a ten a ten a ten plus so if you fit into any one of these categories I want to pray with you and for you right now I know you can't respond watching on television, but you can still raise your hand right in your house. Somebody said, who can see me? Jesus can see you. So if you fit into any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you. Right where you are, put your hand up and say, pray for me. I need Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you over there. God bless you. 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 Just put it up high. God bless you. God bless you. Just step it up high and say, yes, that's me. Today's my day of freedom. Today's my day of liberty. You may put your hands down. I want you to look at me, please. On this side, which would be considered the west side of the pavilion, if you didn't raise your hand but want to be included, just slip your hand up right now. Say, include me. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? This middle section, you didn't raise your hand but want to be included, put the hand up right now and say, include me. Anybody else in this section? Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Another hand there, another hand there. Anybody else? 
and then this far side, which will be the east side. Slip your hand up and just say yes. Right at the back, another two hands back there. Anybody else? I want every person that raised your hand, I want you to stand right now. Stand to your feet right across the room, please. Just stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I want to pray with you and for you. I want you to come from where you are. Come stand right here. We're going to lead you in a prayer. Come. Come right now. To follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me. world behind me no turning back no turning back you could take the whole world but give me Jesus Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. You can take the whole world, but give me Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. So if you watch it by way of television, this is not the only way that people get saved around these parts. This is one way. But we don't just rely just on Sunday mornings. Is what the church is doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the thousands that are saved throughout Central Florida every week because of the River Church. But this is a call that comes on the Sunday morning for you that are watching in your homes by television. As I pray with you, you pray with us, and they pray with us. And we believe God. I want you to look at me today. You've not come to man. You've come to the Lord. I'm just the messenger. But if you mean business with God, God means business with you. I want you to close your eyes and raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. And pray this prayer together with me. Believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth right now. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your words. If I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, 
and I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world, and I turn my back on sin, and I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for being buried for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me, and thank you that you're coming back again for me, because I am, by faith, in the finished work of the cross, and by the shed blood of Jesus, I'm saved. Now lift both hands and just thank him right now. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit that on that day not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.